All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here today. For those of you that may be live streaming with us, it happens to be Monday. I hope you had a good weekend and I hope you're poised for a really, really great week this week. Lots of exciting things happening. Um, I'm going to introduce our brand new guest here in just one second. But for those of you that are live streamed, don't hesitate to jump in, ask questions, uh, join the conversation. It's one of the biggest benefits of these live streams is to be part of the conversation. So don't be shy. You can even send us a few funny emojis if you'd like to. For those of you streaming on Facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, and then of course, YouTube.com slash Boca Podcast. And for those of you are, that are listening to the audio version after the fact, follow us on Instagram at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast. And uh, keep up to date with the latest information about upcoming live streams. We're going to have one to two live streams a week. And um, you can put those in your calendar and then come join the conversation with us. All right. Enough of that. I want to introduce our brand new guest for today. Victoria St. Martin is here with me. Victoria, thank you so much for making time to come hang out with me on the podcast. I think we've figured out all the, the technical logistical issues. We're, we're good to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Well, and we're going to jump right into a really important topic here in just one second. But if you don't mind, will you just briefly introduce your business? Just mention basically I mean, where, where you're based, first of all, <laughs> but also what your yeah. specialty is, your brand position, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Victoria St. Martin. I'm a Chicago-based wedding photographer. Um, I mostly specialize in like larger traditional or like more traditional weddings. Um, I love a big bridal party, wedding party. I love um, the hype that, you know, big weddings bring. Um, and my brand positioning is uh, capturing every intimate moment and every spilled drink, um, which I feel like kind of enables that whole... Um, you know, the big party at the end, but also focusing on those intimate, like candid, overlooked moments in a wedding day. And I like the way that you describe that. Uh, in fact, let, let me actually jump over to your website because you've got this at the above the fold homepage of your site. For everybody listening in, if you go to victoriasaintmartinphotography.com, just like it sounds, you'll see this at the top, but it says capturing every intimate moment and every drink spilled. So that the moments, the important moments that many people might think about when it comes to wedding photography. And then of course, those in-between moments as well. And I uh, very clearly present that there at the top of the homepage of your site, which is not always yeah. the case, Victoria. So major props to you for that. Clear, distinct oh, brand good. position, <laughs> easily accessible. They didn't have to scroll through paragraphs of text to figure out what your business is about. And so that's really great. The other thing, this is a little side note, but a little yeah. bit of a pet peeve for me. I, a lot of photographers don't make their social media profiles easily accessible. Like if, if I want, if I land on your website, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is a photographer. I'm really interested. I want to follow what yeah. they're doing. And then I want to try to find your social media. A lot of photographers mm -hmm. these days, you have to scroll literally all the way to the bottom of their website. And then it's yeah. this tiny little icon at the bottom and it may or may not be actually linked to their Instagram account. Right. And you actually have that here at the top of your page. So top right corner, easily accessible. And I, I'm curious to get your take on this because I, I know the argument is, well, I don't want to send visitors to my website away from my website. I want them to spend as much time on my site as possible. But was that intentional to put that there top of the page so that they could easily find it? Yeah. So that is major props to my web designer. Um, her name is Buffalo Collective. Um, and she is amazing. I think she definitely understands like the client experience on the website a lot more than I do. But um, I get a lot of, you know, like I'm on social media a lot and I also get a lot of clients through social media. So I definitely understand like hopping on somebody's website and wanting to follow them. And also when you're hiring a wedding photographer, 
you're most likely looking for somebody you want to vibe with and like be with throughout the whole day. And I feel like following their social media is like a big part of getting to know who they are. If, if they're good at sharing about their life and stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, and, and I, here's the thing, and then I'm going to jump back over to your site. For anybody who's not live streaming with us, I'm, we're looking at victoriastmartinphotography.com on the homepage here. And this is, I think it's a beautiful, not even a compromise, but a nice balance, right? It's If somebody wants to come to your website, they can do just that. They've got that clear, distinct brand position at the top of the page. They can scroll down, learn more about you, learn more, excuse me, learn more about your business. It's not, yeah. it's not distracting them from that experience by having some easily accessible social media icons right. in the top right-hand corner of the screen. And the thing that I don't get about that argument that we don't want people to be distracted from being on the site, number one is I don't think having icons there distracts people from being on your site. But two, to your point, Victoria, it's a great point. People engage with us most on social media, not on our website, right? right. We may get an email right. or a phone call occasionally, but where people are going to actually engage with our brand is where they can most easily see the latest from us. And that is on social media. So I've never quite understood that, that argument to the, to the full extent that it's made. Um, but I love the example that, that you've set here about how you can have a nice balance and certainly having a beautiful site, easily guide them through the experience there on your site, but then also give them easy access to your social media. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like also like your website is crucial and it's super important to have one and have it be clear and concise and like flow very well through the client experience. Like that is, you know, part of the start of the client experience is on your website. Um, But yeah, after they book with you, they're likely heading to your website, maybe, you know, three, four times, but they're going to be seeing your stuff on social media all the time if they're following you. And that you know, as part of the, at least part of my brand is like, you know, being good friends with my couples and and wanting to um, dive deep into their lives and having them dive deep into mine and just feeling 100%. like that connection together. So. Yeah, that's where it happens is on social media. That's that's why I've not understood the argument because ultimately we do want them to come hang with us on social, whatever the platform at the moment is. Um, so anyway, we'll leave that alone. I could keep going. I've just, yeah. I've been so confused about that, that <laughs> thought process, but yeah, shout out to your web designer as well. Good call there. Yeah. She's so, amazing. <laughs> well, I, I want to, for everybody who is, is a regular listener who's listening in today or watching today, the book of podcasts, something that we normally do, we have these kind of introductory questions and Victoria, I told you before we got started, we're, we're kind of experimenting with a new format. We're going to actually nix those intro questions and just jump right into the topic. And so for those of you that are regular listeners of the book of podcasts, shoot us a DM on Instagram, let us know your thoughts of the shorter format. Do you prefer the longer form conversation where we have those intro questions? Do you prefer us to get straight to the topic? Do you like this shorter style format? Let us know. Shoot us a DM on Instagram at Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast. And uh, I appreciate your thoughts. All right, Victoria. So we're going to be talking about how to create a memorable experience for couples. So this is, of course, especially relevant to photographers working with couples, wedding photographers, engagement photography, and so forth. Um, yeah. and you know, this is an interesting conversation and we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit, the significance of experience, but it is easier than ever to take a really beautiful, to, to, to take one, to create one. I mean, I don't know if you've played with any of the AI engines as of late where you can just go in and type some words and it creates a beautiful picture. Um, of course I've got my phone here. Wow. I can take a beautiful <laughs> picture with that. There's so yeah. many different ways that we can create beautiful images and of course do post-production mm-hmm. as well that, that lends itself to that. Um, it's not really what sets professional photographers apart anymore, right? 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was a lot harder to get a beautiful picture that people would stand in awe at. Not the case anymore. So what really is going to help set us apart is creating a really 
memorable, impactful experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious for you, what was the kind of turning point in your business where you realized, you know what? Yeah, pretty picture is important, but I really need to emphasize the experience that I'm bringing to my couples. When did you realize that? Yeah, you know, I feel like part of me always kind of knew it was going to be a big part of what I wanted my brand to be. I always, and I think this is partly a personality trait of myself, but I am like always striving to avoid to disappoint people. So um, that was like a big part of running my own business and working with other people that I was like, knew that I wanted to give this awesome experience right off the bat. Um, but I would have to say that maybe some of my turning points would be when I did drop the ball. Um, obviously, like we're all human and sometimes we forget to respond to an email or we let, you know, a client slip through the cracks or whatever it is. And every single time that I let something like that happen, like that would sit with me so deeply inside. And I would just be like, wow, like, you know, I can sense their frustration in the email being like, oh, like, you know, this photographer isn't responding to me or whatever it is that I, you know, accidentally didn't do. And I really like from every single one of those experiences, I learned like I wanted to avoid that ever happening again. Um, so of course, like I said, we're all human and I'm going to keep making mistakes and that's how we learn and grow. Um, sure. but I love to diminish that every single time that it happens and, you yeah. know, slowly, move into a better client experience. But, um, how long have you been yeah. in business too, just for a little bit of context? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been in business for about four years now. Four years. Okay. And, and by the yeah. way, I and have to I say too, I went to college for it. Oh, did you really? Okay. So you've got that. What yeah. I was going to say, if, if we pull up your Instagram and for everybody listening in Victoria St. Martin on Instagram, just like it sounds, of course, we'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But Victoria, just to be very clear, your work is beautiful. So, you know, it, I think you. it might be easy for a lot of photographers um, to listen in and say, oh, Nate doesn't place any priority on the technical savvy of a photographer or on how to create a truly beautiful image and how to set ourselves apart from the amateur photographer when it comes to technical skill. And, and that's the last thing that I'm suggesting. I think it's on us as photographers to continue to push ourselves. And you've done that. Yeah. You've got the technical skill. Um, but I think, again, with all the tools that we have now to make it so much easier for us to create a beautiful picture, it's yes. more important than ever to, to create an, a really, really great experience, a memorable experience that you know, somebody walks away from. They're like, oh, my goodness, have you heard about Victoria? I, we just like we're our minds are blown. I mean, her work is beautiful. Yeah. But then she came and photographed her wedding day and, or did her engagement session. And it was just so much fun. And she made it so much so easy and, and then we got the pictures back really fast and on and on, of course. And yeah. we'll talk about how you create that experience. But that's what makes the biggest impact. And um, so I think it's it's great that you emphasize that. Yeah. And I also I think I also think about it like when you go out to dinner, the food could be amazing. Like the food could be absolutely amazing. But if your server is rude to you or not paying attention to you or not refilling your water whenever you're out and you're thirsty, like those are little things that diminish that experience from eating at this restaurant again. And it's the exact same thing in our business. Like we want to pick up on all of these little things just to make that experience even better without being asked, without being told from our clients. Great and point. they might not even like, you know, it might not be things that they um, mention in your review at the end of the day, but you know that they're whole total picture of working with you is that much better and that you got that awesome review because of all these tiny little things that added up to that experience. Well, being in business now for four years, um, I mean, that's a relatively new business, but 
again, you obviously have the technical experience, but you went into this really kind of knowing for yourself that you wanted to make sure that you left those clients with really great experience. And so I'd love for you to walk myself as well as our listeners yeah. through how you go about creating a memorable experience. I think you told me before we get started that you've got kind of five big ideas that you're going to share with us. I'm getting ready to take notes here. I got my pen and paper. Um, go ahead yeah. and go to town, Victoria. Let's, let's jump in. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that um, the number one thing that starts off a really good experience um, is clear and open communication. So that starts even before that they uh, inquire with you or even before that they reach out with you. Um, it starts on your social media. It starts on your websites, just having very clear, concise and open communication with your clients, letting them know exactly the experience that they can expect with you. Um, on your website, guiding them through and answering questions before, you know, maybe even they know that um, they have them. Um, so I think that is a really, really big um, point and it is my number one point. So, um, oh yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say before you keep going and, and I know we've got a lot to cover here, but will you take me to a, an example, a really specific example of how you go about beginning to set those expectations? I, I like that you point out that this starts before they even actually talk to you, right? Their likely first visit is going to be to your social media and or your website. Take, take me to an example in your website where you begin to kind of create and manage expectations for a potential client. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think um, on my about page would probably be a good example. So if you go to my about page um, and you start scrolling through, a lot of photographers think that the about page is like about like telling them about themselves, what kind of equipment they use, what school they went to, what degree they have. Um, a lot of my about page is actually about my clients and what I can do to serve them and what I can do um, to help make their day that much more memorable and capture it um, beautifully. So um, right there, it says, bottom line, be exactly who you are and I will do the rest. Um, it goes into a paragraph talking about how, um, you know, through my mix of fly on the wall style photography and also directing, like you guys are never going to feel like uh, you don't know what to do with your hands or you're never going to feel like super uncomfortable with me. I promise, like I'm going to take care of you every step of the way. Um, so I feel like a lot of my website actually has a lot of different parts of the day explain like over explaining how I approach my photography and what my philosophy is behind taking wedding photos versus just kind of talking about yourself. Cause you're right. That's, a lot of photographers do that. They take that about page. They go on about the history, their background in photography and, um, the things that they'd like to do in the weekend and what their favorite coffee drink is and whatever. And, um, yeah. of course my, my regular listeners know, I, I regularly kind of make fun of that because I think at the end of the day, it, it's wonderful that photographers have swung in the direction of creating a more personal brand and letting the potential yeah. client know more about them. But I think we've gone to a little bit of an extreme where, and, and I love that you use the word service, how you serve the client. I think that is what should be at the forefront. Like how can I best take care of this client or this potential client who is curious about my brand. And you do that. In fact, for anybody who's listening in, who is not actually uh, watching the live stream, I'll just read this real quick. If it's okay, Victoria, it says bottom yeah. line, be exactly who you are and I will do the rest. And then, like you said, the paragraph wedding planning doesn't need to be stressful and you don't have to do it alone. I got you. 
you want to enjoy your big day. So I make sure you have time for just the two of you alone. And I try to get you back to your cocktail hour as soon as possible so you can enjoy your friend's company. More importantly, I promise through my mix of direction and flying the wall style of photography, you will feel relaxed and excited in front of my lens. All I ask of my couples to be open-minded, open-hearted, respectful, and unapologetically you. If you can categorize yourself as these things, I'm already obsessing over you. And I love it. Really, the focus is yeah. on them and it's how they, you're going to help them feel. And yeah. really at the center of a great brand is that message. So beautifully done. Thank you. Yeah. And like, I, I also agree that I, I like to let my, you know, clients know a little bit about myself and fill them in on who I am and what I like. And if um, you go back to that website right underneath, there's a button that says click um, to find my favorite things or a few of my favorite things. And then you click and it opens up and it tells you my favorite drink, my favorite place in Chicago, the music I'm listening to right now, you know, all of this fun little tidbits about me, but that's not what the focus of my about page is. That's like, if right. they want to click, you know, and read more about me, if they want to know more, but it's not what the focus is because to me, my focus is my couples when I'm serving them. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So we start there I'm, and again, I'm taking notes old school, clear yeah. and open communication is kind of the first step to creating a really memorable experience from your perspective. Take us to number two, if you will. Yeah, actually, um, I, I have a couple more on that, if that's okay. Oh, please. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it goes um, past your website. So it also goes into your inquiry form, asking the right questions and asking, you know, to hear a lot from the couples. Um, if you look on my inquiry form, I have a long uh, format inquiry form, asking them a ton of questions. Um, that way, you know, I'm not just getting price shoppers. I'm not just getting people who are, you know, looking around. Maybe they are, but they do have to take the time to fill that stuff out. So I know that they're going to be very, um, you know, interested in working with me. And I want people who are interested in working with me so I can be just as invested in them. Um, and then when I get on a phone call with them, um, I love to set expectations. I love to do my phone calls over video. So it's a face-to-face -face interaction. Um, you know, I, I understand that a lot of people aren't totally comfortable on video and stuff like that, but I find it so crucial because there are so many nonverbal cues to communicating that, um, is really, really important. And if you can learn to pick up on these things and learn to pick up on, you know, nonverbal cues, body language, facial expressions, stuff like that, you can really start understanding how your clients want to be communicated with what they're vibing with, what they're not, um, as it's happening instead of like just on a phone call and just hearing silence and hoping that something landed. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. Um, so video calls are honestly, they were a game changer for me. I think I started them about a year ago. And, and since I've been, you know, seeing such a, a better connection with my clients, mm. um, you know, cause you can talk to them on the phone all day long and feel like you had a really great conversation, sure. but you know, then you get in person and it's like, you're talking to someone new. So mm. video calls are the closest thing we can do without, you know, getting in person nowadays. Um, and then go, I love to just, Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, going back to your inquiry form and I popped it up on screen for everybody who's live streaming, but it is really, really long. And, and it it's, that's fascinating to me because in a world where everybody's attention span is supposedly like 2.5 seconds or whatever, <laughs> the fact that you actually, like if somebody is actually interested in working with you, they've got to make the time to fill that out. I think it's a really interesting mm -hmm. approach. I don't think I've ever seen an inquiry form quite that long before. It really does filter out those people that aren't serious about your brand. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a game changer for me in the type of clientele that I'm also getting. Um, you know, at the beginning, I feel like I always had somewhat of a longer form contact uh, form, but it's gotten longer and longer as I've uh, been in business. And I've noticed that the clients coming in are people that like are really just my kind of people. Hmm. Um, people I'm really excited about working with, the people okay. that love me and like vibe with the things that I also vibe with. So um, it's been awesome on my end of like the experience of working with my clients because they're people that I just know that I'm going to love and and really jive with. So can I ask how many weddings you have booked for this year or how many you at least target to shoot in a year? Yeah. So, um, me, myself, I am shooting, I think it's 27 this year. Wow. I think that's maybe awesome. one might've gotten rescheduled or canceled. So maybe 26, 27. Okay. Um, next year, I think I'm going to absolutely cap it at 25, maybe between 23 and 25, just to like, again, really make those experiences just that much more personal for each of those sure. clients. Yeah. Um, last year, I'm sure we all felt this with COVID and all the reschedules and stuff like that, but I just had way too many clients in one year. And I feel like that um, client experience kind of took a little bit of a dip because there was just so many, like the sheer mass of the people I was working with was too many to personalize the experience as much as I wanted to. Sure. Um, so I'm trying to get some numbers down just to make that experience that much better. And then I actually also have associates on my team. So mm -hmm. I think total we're doing about 41 weddings this year. That's awesome. Well, the reason I ask about that or the main reason is because Again, a lot of photographers probably see or hear, I mean, I'm looking at, um, for anybody who's not looking at the live stream, I'm looking at maybe, I don't know, 15 to 20 questions or fields that need to be filled in on, on this form. You know, most contact forms, <clears throat> it's like maybe five, four or five fields that have yeah. to be filled out. And then that's just kind of the starting point. And then the photographer contacts them and it goes from there. But the fact that you are booking that many weddings, despite the fact that you're making it a little bit harder for that potential client to get in touch with you, I think is a really interesting point of conversation and an example ultimately for our listeners as well. It's not a bad yeah. idea to intentionally filter for the right people. And those that are actually serious about your brand right. are the ones that are going to take the time to fill that out. So that's, that's really, really cool. And I mean, it helps in communication. You're capturing a lot of information there through that form as well. So I think that's yeah, important to know. I get I get a lot of information to treat them exactly as they want to be treated and talk to them about the things that they want to talk about. Um, I even ask for their pronouns, which I think is really important these days to uh, include that because if you know, you're getting somebody who wants to be referred to as they, them, I know to refer to them as they, them by that first email instead of like just seeing a name and, you know, gen like thinking of it as, female or male and just, you know, going that way, I can really respect them as a person and how they want to be treated. So I think that's really important. And a lot of the fields are also not um, required to be filled out. So if they don't want to, they don't have to. But I also notice that like the people that fill out every single field are my kind of people. Like those are people that really respect all of the questions that I'm asking and are going to, you know, want to work with me. So yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got through the first point. We still have a lot to cover. So let's jump to the yes, second kind of big absolutely. idea behind the experience you create for your, your couples. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it kind of goes in, uh, or well back to the first point, but, um, connecting with them and as many levels as possible. So again, starting with that inquiry form and getting as much information from them. Um, and then on the call asking them like, you know, genuine questions about their day and how they're doing and what they're up to and where they live here in Chicago. There's so much like, especially I feel like here in Chicago, wherever somebody 
lives or wherever someone lives, I can um, refer to a restaurant. I'm like, oh, have you been there? Or, oh, have you tried this bar or whatever it is? Just to connect with them on any type of level right there and start that like friendship and start building that friendship. Um, so I am definitely very like thoughtful about the questions that I ask them and, and try to have communication flow as naturally as possible at the same time. Um, and then throughout the process of actually working together, I send a lot of questionnaires and information to my couples and emails, um, asking them to, again, divulge a lot of information to me. So in the questionnaires, I ask them questions like, um, what was your most memorable dates? Um, what is your love language? Um, you know, what's your favorite type of food and dessert? What kind of vibes are you going for for this engagement session? All of this so that I can really, really understand what they want this um, photo session to be like and what they're envisioning they want the end product to look like, but also to personalize it if in case they don't have, you know, a perfect vision, I can personalize it with those love languages. I love being like, okay, so if your um, love language is words of affirmation, I might give them a prompt and be like, okay, I want you guys to like, just tell each other what you're really proud of, um, of what you did in the last year or how you've handled the wedding stress or That's whatever cool. it is. And then take a step back and let them like enjoy that moment and let them, you know, live in that love language and, and share and create like a meaningful conversation between them so that they can leave the session also feeling like, wow, like, you know, I feel more in love with my partner. I feel like Victoria's awesome. I feel like we got awesome photos. Like all of that put together is going to make um, viewing their photos just like that much more special for them. I like the idea of using love languages as part of the session, like understanding how, what is meaningful to them in the context of the relationship and then leveraging that in the communication during that session. I think that's a really cool idea. I don't think I've heard of a photographer talk about that before. Yeah, it's something new I've been doing and I'm really, really liking it. So, um, yeah, with words of affirmation, at, like telling them to tell each other what they're proud of, what their favorite thing is about the other one. That's actually a question on my questionnaire, too. What's your favorite thing about your other partner? And I've had a lot of couples tell me, like, nobody's ever asked us this before. And it really made us, like, think. Like, yeah, we've told each other, like, things we love about each other, but nobody's blatantly asked us. And we really, like, loved mm. answering this question together. And I tell them, like, both answer. Like, you can't just you know, have one partner fill this out and then, you know, the other one's off the hook. Like I want you to both be <laughs> in this with me. Right. Um, and then with like touch, I love, um, you know, the prompt of like, okay, I want you guys just to hug. Like you haven't seen each other in a long time. Cause like I can tell you guys where to put your hands and what's going to look best and stuff like that. But I think there's something like my love language is touch. And I think there's something so special about the way that you hug the people that you love. Mm. Um, so that's like a prompt that I would do if um, touch is their love language. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but you're right. Like sometimes, especially for people that are maybe not necessarily comfortable in front of the camera, if, if everything that you do for the sake of the camera is guided by you, the photographer, it may end up kind of translating to a little bit of a stiff interaction between the two. But if you're letting them kind of take the lead, hug the other person like you haven't seen them in a long time, they're yeah. going to translate that in a different way than maybe you would for them. And so mm -hmm. what you get as a finished result might be that much more impactful. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And also it's like, you know, there's so many, I do, again, I do a mix of like pose and uh, prompts and candids and I show them exactly how I want them to do the things that I'm telling them to do. So they're never going to ask me like, where do my hands go? But sure. with a prompt like that, like hug, uh, like you haven't seen each other in a long time. I feel like even if it's not the best 
photo to a photographer, that is so much more meaningful to that couple because it's it's them in that photo. It's not what I wanted them to do. It's how they want to interact with each other and how they do on a daily basis. That's really cool. Okay, so we're starting with clear and open communication. Then number two, look for as many, t- I, I wrote it down as touch points, relevant, of course, <laughs> to the current conversation, but connection at as many touch points as possible. So looking for opportunities after, especially that initial interaction, whether through the contact form or otherwise, as many opportunities to connect with them in communication as possible. And uh, so that's number two. Take us to number three, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, number three is actually to take care of myself so that I can take care of my clients. Um, I feel like as photographers and especially maybe like on the newer end, because I know that this is something I'm starting to focus more on coming into like my later years of being in business rather than like if I look back at my first year, like I was giving all hours and all ends of myself to my clients. Um, And now I'm realizing that that is not the best client experience because if I'm not at my 100% for my clients when I show up for them, then I'm not giving them the best experience, even if I was like up late hours, like prepping for their session or whatever it is. Um, So for a wedding day specifically, um, just knowing yourself And knowing how you like to start the day is really, really important. For me, I like to start my morning slow. I'm a night owl, so like I like to sleep in in the mornings. I like to take it very slow and easy. I am a big personality on a wedding day, but I feel like my mornings need to be slow and quiet. I like Mm. sipping on my coffee, walking my dog around the block, that kind of thing. Um, I have also, I didn't used to do this and I realized how dangerous it was, but now I pack snacks, I pack water, I pack all the things on a wedding day. Um, You and I were talking about how long wedding days are. And yeah, like I had a, you know, two almost 10 hour weddings this weekend and without my snacks and water, especially we're in a heat wave right now in Chicago. um, It's very dangerous. I don't want to faint and then not be able to serve my clients for the rest of the night because I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I have to jump in really quick right there too, because I I think it's, first of all, what you're suggesting is super important that you bring the nourishment that you need. Um, There was this kind of, and I think it's kind of died down for, for some time. And maybe you saw it as well, Victoria online, Facebook groups or otherwise photographers were ranting and raving about how important it was that they got the same meal that the, that the bride and groom were getting and um, I don't know, it was just very kind of entitled mentality that I was that was very surprising to me because I remember when I started wedding photography 20 plus years ago, it, yeah. that that was so far from the thought at the time. It, the, the focus was back to your earlier point on taking care of the client. I'm there to do a job right. and I'm provide right. really great images for the client. And certainly I'm going to work to give them a really great experience. And the last thing I'm thinking is what are they going to feed me at you know tonight when everybody else is sitting down, when I'm supposed to be the photographer? Yeah. What are they feeding me? Did I get the same meal to the bride and groom or the bride, bridesmaids and groomsmen got? It was just a very kind of weird mentality again to me. I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. It'd be a very nice thing, certainly for the for a meal to be provided there at the reception yeah. for the photographer. It's great. But I, I think it's it's ultimately on us as the photographer to knowing that our primary job is to be the photographer, not to be part of the wedding party, that we do bring what yeah. we need for ourselves as well. And it is it's a especially for new photographers that might not think of those details. They're all they're thinking about the, you know, their batteries and, and lenses and the cameras and memory cards and everything. But, yeah, make sure that you take yeah. nourishment with you. It's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um Same goes for, you know, how many hours you work in a week and, you know, how you like to divide your week up and stuff like that, because 
I know that we, you know, business owners can definitely fall short of um, wanting to just um, like work all hours of the day and put everything we can into our business. Um, but that can be dangerous. And then you're not giving your clients 100% when you are chatting with them. You're giving them, you know, 3 a.m. sleepy Victoria emails instead of, you know, wide awake 12 p.m. emails or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah, so I think it's really important to just take care of yourself. Yeah. Another like quick uh, example is I've started doing like a shoe change halfway through the day. So I wear like different shoes at the reception than I do during the day when I'm running around. Um, and it just gives my feet a break. So uh, that's a quick tip for anyone that, you know. Yeah, I started that this year. Another photographer explained it to me, like how much better her feet feel. And I was like, that sounds great because like, yeah, your feet hurt at the end of the day and like just changing the way that they sit in your shoes does like make a difference on that. Okay. So I, I know this is very subjective, but would you mind sharing the, the brand of shoes that you have found work really well for you on wedding days? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I actually wear sandals, um, Teva sandals during the day. Um, especially here in the summer in Chicago, like it's nice to just not have like, you know, tennis shoes on. Um, so I wear Tevas during the day and then at night I wear my Asics. Um, I have like custom, uh, what are they called? Insoles. 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 There we mm -hmm. go. Yes. I have custom ones of those, but I, I switch between two different pairs. So sometimes I wear those. Sometimes I just wear my regular like running shoes at night. So. Okay. So let me ask you your, your thought on this because if, who was I, maybe one of our guests recently, we were talking about this, but there's, I've noticed a trend in recent years where there is less an intent by photographers to show up with like a sense of formality. The dress has become much more casual. And you're talking about sandals and, and ASICs as, as far as shoes go. How do you balance that with some level of professionalism in the way that you present yourself? Yeah, I think so. There's definitely a balance between being professional and being able to be comfortable and be yourself. Um, I think part of, you know, running your own business is that you get to decide where that line is and show your clients exactly who you are and they get to hire you if they like it and they don't get to hire you if they don't. So like I swear with my couples, I, you know, treat them just like I would any of my friends. Um, I don't think I need to be this prim and proper person on a wedding day to be able to deliver an awesome experience and be okay. a professional photographer. Um, with the sandals, you know, I make sure my toes are painted and everything like that. But <laughs> honestly, nobody's really looking at my feet during the day and being like, wow, why is she wearing that? Okay. Um, and if she is, I just, or, you know, if they are at the end of the day, I feel like everything else that I've delivered on that experience is going to just like make that thought go right out of their head Irrelevant. Um, on top of like, you know, awesome images at the end of the day. So, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I, Cause I'm just thinking like a lot of weddings become, I mean, they're black tie events in some cases. Right. So there's this, if you're there as the photographer to be part of the event, to be um, in some cases, kind of that, that, that hidden individual that's just there to fly in the wall to capture those moments mm -hmm. that you were talking about earlier. If, if we're there with, dress that stands in stark contrast to what everybody else is wearing, does that make us more of a spectacle than what we should be? It's, it's more of a question for me. I, I, I know my preference would yeah. be, I, I, in fact, I don't know that I ever for any wedding dressed extremely formally, but it seems like yeah. there's some level of formality that would be, that would make a lot of sense, especially at a super high end wedding black tie style event. And so that's yeah. just still yeah. where I wonder, like, should we as photographers hold ourselves to at least a certain standard in those cases? 
Yeah, I, I feel like I always wear black. I always wear like, you know, upscaled clothing. I'm never going to wear like black jeans or something to a wedding. They're always like nice pants and stuff sure. like that. Sure. Um, it's really probably only the shoes that I just let slide because I want to be comfortable <laughs> and be able to like, you know, run around all day with my couple yeah. and deliver that awesome experience. But um, and then at night when honestly, more guests are seeing me when it is the more formal black tie part of the wedding mm -hmm. um, is when I uh, slip into my, you know, closed toed shoes. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't mean to harp on the yeah. topic. It was just something that's curious. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious about, and I think literally just this past week I had a I had a podcast guest on, and we were talking about it. So, all right, let's let's keep going though. So that that third point, the importance yeah. of taking care of ourselves so that we can show up well for our clients, and I, I think it's a really important one. Again, much there's so many topics actually in American culture. It's it's so predictable. Like we swing from one extreme to the next. And you, you see this phrase or these words self-care across Facebook and Instagram and especially in the photography industry. And I think it's super, super important with, I don't think the extremes are necessary, but certainly important that we, sh that we take care of ourselves so that we show up energized. You were talking about bringing a certain energy to that event. If we're showing yeah. up tired and exhausted because yeah, like you said, we already put in 40, 50, 60 hours that week. And then we have to shoot an eight, 10 hour day on top of that. It could be pretty detrimental, I think, to the experience that we're providing for our clients. It's a really good point that you make. Okay. Take us to number four, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yep. Number four. Um, I'm very aware of everybody during the day on a wedding day, on an engagement session, just everybody who's involved and what the vibes are that day. So, um, I'm very like susceptible to people's, like I said, um, nonverbal cues, facial expressions, stuff like that, body language throughout the day. Um, but I'm also anticipating their needs throughout the day. So I have like a little emergency kit, um, for weddings with like band-aids, extra flower pins for the boutonnieres, safety pins, um, you know, hand sanitizer, deodorant, anything that would, they would need. Um, I also recently started for the girls or anyone who's wearing heels. Um, sometimes we have to walk in the grass for a nice shady photo spot or something like that in the day. And I noticed a lot of girls like to wear stilettos. So I started buying those like, um, they're like little plastic caps that you can put on the bottom of your shoes so you don't have to sink through the grass. Um, and that has made a big difference in just mm -hmm. giving a client experience to everybody involved. It doesn't matter if they were the ones that hired me or not. Um, I'm very aware of what parents want, of what grandparents are asking me for. If they want a photo with all their grandchildren on the day, I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm also, so a big part of my brand and my photos are like a mix of like candids and directed photos. Um, so I always have my camera in hand. I'm always looking for those moments happening, those big laughs, maybe some tears, maybe just like silly moments between the groomsmen or something like that. Um, but also I'm asking people like during cocktail hour and at the party, like, do you guys want a photo together? And that is something that I feel like a lot of people don't like doing because it's just like a party shot of people with arms around each other. Um, but I think it's really important because like these yeah. people all dressed up, they like the way that they look, they yeah. want a photo of themselves. Like, you know, photos are so important. Like you said, nowadays, everyone's on their phones taking them, but like to have a nice quality professional photo of you at your best friend's wedding or you at, um, you know, your nephew's wedding, whatever it is. Um, I think it's just awesome to give everybody that's there a good experience. And then in the long run, like your couple's going to love it so much more because all of their people are taken care of by you too. 
And also, who knows, you might get extra clients that way if uh, you take photos of couples there. So, yeah. Absolutely. I I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think about, especially these days, photographers are delivering, and I don't know how many, maybe you can comment on this, Victor, how many images you deliver. But if a photographer is delivering 800 to 1,000 images, let's say on average, having 150, 200, 250, even 300 images from the reception, a lot of which are those candid portraits, it is an incredible Mm -hmm. opportunity to do a couple of things. Upsell. I mean, if, if somebody, if you offer digital downloads for a certain price or prints or a combination of both, there's opportunity for those guests to be able to buy those prints or those downloads, an opportunity yeah. to increase revenue from that event. But then absolutely, if somebody has even just a brief interaction, we're talking about experience, even a brief interaction with you where getting an image, a photograph taken was super fun, simple. It took all of 15 seconds and then they get this beautiful finished image that they can speak to from that 15 second interaction. How much better yeah. a commercial can you can you give, you know, for your for your business, for your brand? So I right. think it's an incredible exactly. opportunity for the business. And, and I agree with you. I think that that should be highlighted as an opportunity for photographers in general. Yeah. Yeah. So just being hyper aware of everybody involved on the day is super important. Um, so, yeah, that's point number four. Um, and Bef- then moving before on. you, before you oh, go yes. to, to number five, if you don't mind, and I'm really glad that you yeah. highlight this. It, it's, I, I'm have a lot of respect for the fact that multiple times over now in our conversation, you've, you've really emphasized the importance of service, that certain level of awareness, um, of others yeah. around us and what they might need. And then coming prepared with even tiny little things that might make their day that much better. You're the photographer. So if you're Like at a base level, if you provide a really great experience as a photographer, that's awesome. Now you're upping the ante by offering them even more, just these little details that you've considered and you've you've brought these little things with you. That can go such a long way to making a really big impact. And you never know how that might translate to a referral down the road. I I remember my my business partner used to bring, um, what are they, the the Sour Patch Kids. She liked eating them, but like especially hanging out with the bridesmaids. That was like, she was a popular person because she's giving out these little snacks and they want something a little, oh my bit, God, little so sweet cute. and fun. I love that idea. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny how just yeah. little things like that, which of course cost us basically nothing, can make such a big impact, go a long way to creating an yeah. incredible experience. And so I'm, I'm really, really glad, glad that uh, you highlight that. Go ahead and take us to number Thank five you. though. I think you were going there. Yeah. Actually, can you give me one second? My dog knocked out my uh, power source, so I'm going to plug my computer back oh, in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. sorry about that. No worries. And, and <laughs> while we're waiting for Victoria here, um, I'm, I'm going to bring up Andres. Uh, he said on YouTube, and thanks for commenting, Andres. He said, I live in Texas, so it is hot nine months of the year. I don't wear long sleeves anymore, but do wear embroidered polo. And I, I definitely think that there are ways that we can, um, we can be comfortable and, and yet maintain some, some level of professionalism. I found a shirt and I wish I could remember the brand because I, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee market near Atlanta. It's extremely humid. Victoria, you, you said humid, that you visited yeah. Chattanooga a lot, not very long ago. It gets super yeah, humid it's here. Very hot. <laughs> and July, August, like if you step outside, you basically start sweating. And so I had to come up with a clothing that could mm-hmm. handle that basically. Right. So I was wearing a lot of black because that would kind of hide the sweat, but um, clothing that was loose enough that it was comfortable had a certain level of formality to it. So it was, of course, buttoned down. Um, and the material that it was made of was kind of a moisture wicking material, which was really great. And I'd wear that with some slacks, some dress slacks and some shoes. Uh, but I, I think there are definitely ways that we can go about finding clothes that are comfortable and also maintain a certain level of professionalism. So thanks for commenting on that, Andres. And for anybody else that's live streaming with us, we've got just a few minutes left here. Don't hesitate to comment, join the conversation. Uh, as Victoria, you take us to number five here in the steps yes. of creating a memorable experience. 
Yes, absolutely. So uh, number five is continuing the experience past the contract. So I have a lot of, you know, different parts of my contract that explain when I'm going to deliver my photos, um, you know, how I'm going to help them plan the timeline, um, how, you know, what information I need from them. I'm going to be sending them forums when they can expect sneak peeks, stuff like that. But I feel like continuing that experience past the contract, like um, I... I have my second shooters take Polaroids while I'm doing the portrait session cool. during a wedding day so that I can hand it to them during dinner and they have immediate photos of them. Also, Polaroids are like one of my favorite thing ever. Like yeah, I've been taking that's them cool. for so many years. Yeah. Um, but they're just like, I've been seeing them everywhere at wedding. Every like guest book has Polaroids in it. So I just think like how cute to be able to like put your own Polaroids from your own wedding day in there. Like, that's so sweet. Brilliant. Um, also, you know, these things aren't in the contract. So if you don't have time for them, if you forget whatever happens, it's not like you're doing a disservice because it's nothing that you promised that you would give them. But if you can just go that extra step and do um, a little bit more for them, it is that much more meaningful. Um, I like the immediacy like I, of that as well. Um, cause I, yeah. I used something we used to do, I would take a, I had a, a, a panoramic camera that I would take and photograph a special portrait of the couple there on that day, but I would give it to them after the fact it, it took some while cause I'd have it scanned and touch it up and then print it. And it was really nice yeah. as a, as a gift, even a surprise gift, but being yeah. able to do something more immediate like that with a Polaroid camera, mm -hmm. I think is a brilliant idea. That's really cool. Yeah. And I've gotten nothing but like amazing feedback. They're like, oh my God, this is so fun. This is so sweet. We didn't even know you took these. Like, thank you so much. And it's just like such a nice extra thing for them to hold and be like, nobody else could have gotten this except for my photographers. Cause those were the only people are, that were around, you know, that's cool. That's really um, cool. Are you yeah, using for those then, Polaroid cameras? Are you just using like an Instax camera or what are you using? Yep. Yep, just the Instax Mini. They're just like the tiny mm -hmm. ones. They're my mm -hmm. favorite. So um, I've thought about getting like the wider ones and stuff like that. But I don't know. There's something about the tiny ones. Like I use um, one of me and like my people as like a bookmark in my books. Like yeah. I use them everywhere and I just think they're so cute. So. I've got a bunch of them. Uh, I'm pointing the wrong way. Right behind me here <laughs> on my refrigerator. I've got just oh, gobs cute. of them all over the refrigerator. I have a printer. Yeah. So I'll take pictures with the phone and then it's Bluetooth to the app and it prints um, prints on the printer there. So I can print anything I've got on my phone, which is really great. So See, there's so awesome much fun. Because you can send them like a card. Mm -hmm. You can print it later. Like mm -hmm. the photos that you take, you can print it later and print them on the insects minis and then send it to them in the mail too. If you like forget day of or something. Love so, it. That's a great um, touch. There's a lot of little ways like that. I also, um, I like to go like past my duties as a photographer on the day of, and also remind them of those important moments. So, um, if I get a chance to talk to them before the ceremony, cause usually they're tucked away, I'm setting up my lights or whatever it is for the ceremony. If I do get that chance to go talk to my couple, I let them know, you know, take a mental picture of your guests, like look back at your guests and take a mental picture of everyone that's here for you today. Like that's a photo I can't capture for you, but something that you will really hold near and dear to your heart. Um, I remind them, you know, hold that kiss a little bit longer, um, kiss on the way down from the aisle, all of these little things that they maybe would have like not thought of or forgotten, or maybe they were planning on, but because the day was so busy, I'm just giving them that extra reminder to do that right before yeah. it's happening. Those cues. Um, yeah, those cues. Exactly. Um, also, uh, I mentioned like sneak peeks. Um, so I promise about 10 sneak peeks to my couples, uh, the day, a day or two after their wedding, I deliver anywhere from like a hundred to 
200, maybe sometimes over 200. Um, It is a lot of work on my end, and I know that, but it is worth it in every way possible for myself too um, because I'm delivering them so much. And even if I can't get them 200 the next day, I'll get them those 10. And then a couple days later, I'll get them the extra 200. Um, but I get them a little portion of every single part of the day, all of their family photos so that, you know, all of a photo with each of their bridesmaids, groomsmen, um, wedding party people, stuff like that. Um, just so they one have a full picture of the whole day to all of their family members, like want the photos of them with their people, you know, Mm. with their, their children. Um, and then also, um, it gives the couple a big overview of the day so that they're not asking to see more photos just because you delivered anywhere between 10 to 60, maybe a a normal photographer delivers a sneak peeks. Maybe they're asking like, Oh, when can I see the rest of the photos? Even though you've told them when they can expect it and they know that it will take some time, but they're just so excited and I never blame them for asking, but um, it does save you from having to explain like, oh, like per the contract, it's, you know, four yeah. to six weeks, six to eight weeks, whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, sorry if you hear my dog running around in the background. Um, <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? Um, she's a mutt. I think she's like a Rottweiler or Doberman mix, but she's okay. just needy. And she's like, are you done on the phone yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I've gotten nothing but awesome feedback like family members are so happy to see their photos already and so are the wedding like i've been only a bridesmaid in one wedding but i'm about to be a bridesmaid in two more weddings this year and i wanted that photo of me and the bride to post right away you know to be on like post on instagram and be like my best friend got married and i know what that feeling is now as like one of the friends of somebody who got married and I just want to be able to, again, give that experience to not just my couple, but to all of their special people as well so that they can post and share and love on, you know, the couple. That's really good. Yeah. Well, I, I think and this then, is, no, please go ahead. Oh, no, it's just, just a few more, but um, just like extending past the contract. So I follow my couples on Instagram. I'm constantly giving them hype and DMing them and liking their stuff and Um, recently I'm starting to send like thank you cards after the wedding as well. So just like, again, going like a a step above the contract and above what you tell your couples you're going to do just to continue that client experience throughout, you know, past your time working together. So that was just my last point. No, that's, that's great. Actually. I I love all the details and we'll make sure to put all of this information in the show notes, um, at bocapodcast.com for everybody listening in. One quick question though, about the DMing, how do you how do you maintain a level of, I guess, genuineness in the way that you're messaging clients or commenting on their photos? Because it's very easy for us, I think, as professionals, as business owners, to just kind of go through the motions robotically, posting, commenting, uh, DMing, yeah. just because that's what we're supposed to do. But, and maybe just because I'm on the side of business, I'm a little bit cynical and I can see through that really easily. Maybe our clients can't as much, but I just think it's important to, to create a sense of genuine warmth and kindness. And I know that's, that's who you are, Victoria. So I'm curious how you go Mm -hmm. about that when you DM your clients, when you comment, just to make sure it is that interaction is genuine. Yeah. So I feel like when I'm DMing my clients, it's usually on their story. So if we're talking about Instagram, it's like they post something about their dog or you know, where they are here in Chicago in the city, um, having a drink at this place or whatever. And I just like 
one, I take note. I'm like, oh, that's one of my clients. And two, I'm like, I have a dog. That's an easy talking point. Or, um, oh, I've always wanted to try this restaurant. How is it? You know, just like little things that you would do with any like one of your friends on the daily and people are just sharing about their lives constantly. So it's kind of easy to pick up on those points and just quickly ask a a question over DM or, um, you know, comment on how cute their dog is or be like, wow, like you guys are traveling right now. Like, oh my God, that beach looks so nice. It's so cold here in Chicago in the winter, whatever it is. Um, and you know, my clients, I feel like I have developed our, um, relationship enough throughout the time that we work together that by the time I'm DMing them and and even past, you know, the wedding day and stuff like that, it just feels like I'm DMing a friend anyway. So Mm. um, it's just those little things that like, it's the same way you would respond to your friend's D or like your friend's Instagram story, the exact same way. And, you know, I do get clients that I've realized like, okay, like I loved working with them. They were great. They loved me, but like, maybe we're not going to be DMing each other all the time on Instagram. And I feel like it's just one of those things that you read and you're like how they're responding to the way that you're DMing them, um, you know, how genuine they are, how much they're interacting with you still sure. that you can kind of gauge whether they want to like continue that relationship sure. as as much as like I do or not. So, <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> and, like I'm not yeah. feeling the reciprocity here. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense. But <laughs> to go back to your early point, this is a really great one. We'll kind of finish up with this. I The... Yeah. You know, as much as we're obsessed in our culture about our uniqueness and our individuality, it's funny because at the, at the end of the day, so much of, I guess, us as humans, there's so much commonality, I should say, between us as humans. There is always an opportunity to do exactly what you're talking about, Victoria, which is to look for something that you can relate to with the other person. And it could be something yeah. like a pet. It could be some. It could be a hobby. It could be um, if if you're a wedding photographer and you've been in a wedding before, or you've gotten married yeah. before, or of course, as a wedding photographer, you've been to many weddings. There are so many different points of conversation there that you can relate to that client. On. There are always ways that we can relate to somebody else that we don't know, and all we have yeah. to do is just make a little bit of an effort. So I, I love that you highlight that. I think it's a really important yeah. point that can't be missed. Um, one last question. This actually came in from YouTube. Kevin said, I get uncomfortable walking around during the wedding. How do you deal with that not to disturb the wedding? And I think it's a really great question. When you talk about creating a great client experience, the last thing that we want, of course, is to to take over the day as the photographer. We, we want to kind of be yeah. to the side in the background, capture the day, not interfere. Yeah. How do you go about doing that, Victoria? Yeah. Um, are we talking about during the ceremony? I think that's probably like where, where yeah, this becomes the most important point of conversation is during that ceremony. So, yeah. Cause you see sometimes whether it's a videographer or a photographer, sometimes don't have any qualms and they're down the middle of the aisle and they're up there front right next, right, right next to the couple and in yeah. the way of the guests view. And of course that's the extreme totally. end of, the, of it, but how do you handle that? So you're not too obtrusive. Yeah, totally. So, um, on, let's say like a religious ceremony, a church ceremony, something like that. I'm always talking to, um, somebody who works at the church or to the couple ahead of time, letting me know like where I'm allowed to walk, where I'm not allowed to walk. So always trying to respect, um, you know, the places that, that I am not allowed to go. Um, but on, let's say like a 20, 30 minute outdoor ceremony or something like that. Um, I like to hang out on the sides a little bit more so that I'm one, not down the middle of the aisle, but also that way I'm photographing like the couple's faces a little bit more like 
directionally. Um, I hang out mostly on my 70 to 200 lens because of that. So I want to be a little bit further back um, while also still getting those tight, beautiful, like creamy shots. So yeah. I have a 70 to 200 2.8 mm -hmm. um, that is like my baby during the ceremonies. My and favorite. then on my other body... Yes, absolutely. So like that is the way that I get away with it is that I get to zoom in on that. Um, and then on my other camera, I'm on a 35 for those more wide shots of like, you know, the environment and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I feel like most um, most ceremonies, there's enough room to hang out on the sides. And if there's not, I know a lot of like city weddings down here. Sometimes they have just so many guests. They pack it from aisle to aisle. Um, I will just hang out in the back and kind of like pivot in the back a little bit and uh, stay on my 70 to 200 for the most part. Okay, cool. Well, I really appreciate that perspective. And thanks, Kevin, for chiming in. And for everybody who's live streamed today with us, I really appreciate you making time to, to spend time with myself and Victoria. Victoria, you've been wonderful to share so much practical information. And by the way, so much detailed information, which is really, really thank great. You. Remind our listeners yeah, one more time where they can find and follow you online so that they can continue to keep up with all that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my website is VictoriaStMartinPhotography.com. Um, that's St. Martin, S-A-I-N-T, not S-T. Um, and my Instagram is Victoria St. Martin. Again, just all spelled out. Perfect. And I just popped that there up on the screen. Of course, we'll link to it in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com. Thank you, everybody, for live streaming with us today. Make sure you check out the notes, uh, the show notes, BocaPodcast.com. We'll be publishing those with the audio episode. And uh, thanks once again, Victoria, for everything. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome.